It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is uh, Saturday, May 22nd. We are a week away from Boston fully opening up without mask mandates or I guess indoor mask mandates will still happen. But still, the Boston Bruins are going to play uh, after a week from now. They will play to a packed house at TD Garden. I am VA. I could tell you all sorts of things about myself, but I'm not going to. And I am here with the boys. Jeff. Yo. Tim. Hello, hello. And Nick. Hey, y'all. I almost called you guys the twins because I get you guys mixed up. Uh, But anyway. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So, okay. First of all, I just want to say I know that various parts of the country are going through their their parts of the pandemic and opening up and all that stuff. But Boston is going to open up on May 29th, which is pretty incredible. Last night, the mayor of Boston, Kim Janney, uh, Janey, Kim Janey, uh, I, I never know if it's Janney or Janey, Kim Janey was the, the banner captain. She's waving that flag around. She also had really good news for Boston. So it's like next week, full house. It's going to be amazing. And I can't tell you how happy I am. I'm a little nervous, but I'm happy about it. And the last time we spoke together on a podcast was the eve of the playoffs. Remember, the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals were the first teams to play uh, for the opening of the playoffs. And now four games have happened. They have been played. What do we think, guys? Caps are on the ropes. The last um, five periods of hockey have not gone well for the Caps. Um, no, uh, you know I have a I have a theory about that. Proceed. Okay. The Capitals. When you think of the Capitals, they're a bigger-bodied, uh, aggressive, physical team. Old. Seriously, they. Sir, <laughs> actually, they have four skaters who are under thirty, and the youngest of which is twenty-six. Hathaway's 29, I think, is one of the, is one of the ones under 30, but like four skaters and then Sam and then some Sonoff. Like it's ridiculous. And your backup goalie's 40. <laughs> <laughs> Just turned 40 yesterday. Hey, and good for him. I hope I'm also doing what I love at age 40, which is of course resourcing humans. I'm gonna tell you something right now. As the only member of the 40 plus group here. In the 40s, other than getting old and your body aches in unusual ways, new and unusual ways, I should say, <laughs> the clarity of mind that you get in your 40s, I think, is fantastic. I think that, you know, it's like, do all your stuff in your 20s and 30s, you know, and then when you get to your 40s, when you start to settle down a little bit in life, and you're just like, oh, I could work on my brain, and you do, and like things just become clearer because you understand the world just a little bit more. Or maybe that's just me because I have a lot of insight. But anyway, let's so, get- so, so my count was wrong. Sorry, six skaters under under thirty, and yeah, they were Kuznetsov twenty nine, Wilson twenty seven, Mantha twenty six, Shiri twenty eight, and uh, Hathaway twenty nine, and then Orlov twenty nine. And Orlov turns thirty like in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> 
And then, of course, some song off 24 is the only um, even vaguely young player on that team. This might be one of not just the oldest team in the league, but one of the oldest teams in league history. I'd have to do the math, but I, I can't believe there's that many that are that much older than this. Holy shit. All right. I did not account, account for age, but that, that factors right into what I'm going to say anyway. Ready? Bigger bodied teams that are more physical have a harder time recuperating, especially when they're older. It takes a little bit more time for them to recuperate from this, especially when they're not at home and they're on the road. So when they got into that second overtime and they were totally gassed. I mean, they were pretty rough during the first overtime, too. Bruins did everything but score in that first yeah, overtime. That's true. Right, right. They were gassed by the time they hit the, the overtimes. Um, I personally was a little mad at the Bruins because I'm like, end the game. Don't make it go to overtime. And it's just like, and it's like you had been crowing about the 6.30 start time. And it's like, we got <laughs> to the first overtime and I'm just like, Bruins, I'm tired. Please stop. And then and it's like... The second overtime, I'm like, this isn't fair. This is, this is my fault as well. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> we had to blame you and that was fine. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I just was so tired that day. I was not in the mood for two overtimes, but it, it worked out all very well. My point is, is that um, the Bruins being a little bit uh, smaller, a little bit younger, uh, a little bit... Uh, well, they were on the receiving end of the most of the hits and stuff, but they seemed but to be okay. They're faster shiftier, right? And they and came into the playoffs healthier, mm-hmm. which is important, right? Because at the end of the season, like, okay, everyone, all the Bruins got scratched at the end of the season, but that was just so they could have a day off. But like Ovi, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Samsonov, Oshi, Eller, mm-hmm. among others, have all missed, missed significant time at the end of the season, right? Carlson yeah. is, I was banged up and was facing an injury going into the season. John Carlson has been playing so badly this series yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so basically uh, I, I, that's what I think is going on that yesterday the, the capitals weren't really there, you know, which is fine. I was fine with that. I was like, Hey, good. Can we have one game that doesn't go into overtime? <laughs> Because that's what's happening with this series. Like the first three games went into overtime in various forms, which is good because it means that the teams are very competitive and almost evenly matched, I guess we'll say. This has been a very entertaining series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I have new players to hate on the Washington Capitals. I didn't think it could happen. I mean, all season long, I've been hating on Gar- Garnet Hathaway. And after. After reading about his life. Oh, God, yeah. yeah it, it, fuck. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> so, so, listeners, just, just so you know a bit about Garden Hathaway, of course, you know, you listen to Jack, he'll constantly tell us that he went to Brown and is from Kettabunkport. I don't care, Honestly, Jack. there should be some red flags there already. <laughs> um, yeah. Kettabunkport, <laughs> Maine, uh, is not the place that you say that hey you're uh you're a mainer or a maniac you're you're just you're not from maine you're 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 from a certain segment of maine in all fairness you're from the part of rhode island that can usually be described that way as well but (laughs) ouch i mean this is not news everyone knows this about newport (laughs) well let me tell you all something i grew up in salisbury north carolina which actually has a very affluent community because they're the uh, benefactors of this 
rather large grocery chain called Food Lion. But anyway, continue. Well, I'm just going to um, say we're not Barrington, okay? Newport is not Barrington, Rhode Island. Yes, Newport has all the summer cottages. Okay, never mind. I can't. I can't argue. <laughs> anyway, so, so apparently Garnet Hathaway was was born in Florida, and when he was fairly young, his family moved to Kennebunkport. And at one point, they took a ninety-nine day vacation around the world. And then, and then he went to Phillips Andover for four years before going to Brown. Like and and again, he lived in kind of bunkport. Like these people attend definitely attended garden parties at the Bush's estate. Come on. <laughs> yep, yep. They were family friends for sure. And they were garden parties, not barbecues, because it was at the Bush's. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I mean clam, maybe clam bakes, but clam bakes that you hire somebody to do the work for you. Uh, yes. 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 Which is a very important thing. Basically, Darn Hathaway's <laughs> real name should probably just be Boat Shoes. Ooh. Garnet Hathaway is basically everybody I grew up with. And I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? His face looks rattier than Brad Marchand. Can we just say that? He's got a ratty face. Very ratty face. And like in general, like he kind of now that we know this about him, it sort of captures a lot about how the, the caps have been conducting themselves this series. Anthony caught this beautifully in a, in a, on Twitter yesterday in exchange with Tim and I. Basically, oh, yes. point out the caps have this have this very strong "Do you know who my dad is?" energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah. Do you know who my and father like, is? Well, that's almost certainly Garnet Hathaway's influence because, based on his history, based on what we know about his biography, he is extremely "Do you know who my dad is?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, his favorite team growing up was the Washington Capitals because his uncle worked for the team owner. Oh my god. <sighs> that is totally that is the epitome of the do you know who my father is? Yeah. Which I will say in my defense, I have never once uttered that. So there that we was. go. Um well, I, I mean, that a, you a wanted to point times. out that I'm from from Newport. I just wanted to I know, I know. I, I understand. I I never said you were you were there's no good way to word this. Actually, I'm going to stop talking. You're not. You. you I have no way implied that you were a typical Newport person. You were just that. Just that you were from Rhode Island's Kennebunkport. I. I actually am typical Newport, but you were talking about stereotypical Newport. Ah, sorry. Yes. Okay. So, um, I am a townie, and uh, townies, we know where to go, uh, and we know what to do, and. We are actually pretty down to earth, to be it's honest. It's pretty common for people, townies from places that are where, where rich people vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of it in, in parts of Ontario. Like I know people from the Muskoka, who are actually from the Muskokas, and they are some of the most spectacular down to earth hicks I know. <laughs> but they're surrounded by million and a half dollar cottages. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what? Your typical Newport person is probably or has been in the service industry in some way in Newport, which forces you to have a certain politeness, whether or not that's your actual personality or something that you put on your fake Frida, we'll say, um, you, you know, that that's up to you. But basically, we're all pretty down to earth. And a lot of people we're really friendly down in Newport. That's all. There you go. Okay. Anyway, same point. Garnet Hathaway is a sentient pair of boat shoes. 
Oh, gross. Um, and I found out there's a company called Hathaway that makes boat shoes. So Ugh. enjoy. Well, then. Well, yep. there we go. <laughs> They've definitely got to be tied in together. Yeah. Uh, God, I just, I can't stand him. And then last night, I didn't realize until last night how much of a shit Anthony Mantha is. Oh yeah, he's a piece Which, of shit. Which like when you're the size of a media of of an average sized black bear, you should probably not be such a shit because you're going to hurt people. Yep. Uh taking the run uh, first of all, okay, let's just talk about these two things because it does involve Garnet Hathaway and Anthony Mantha. The two times that they both went after Tuka. Okay, Garnet Hathaway, okay, this pissed me off the other night when he basically ran into Tuka and pulled off his his uh, mask. And Tuca was just like, I am not having any of this shit. Here's my blocker. Bang, 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 bang. Now, Hathaway had his helmet on. Okay. So it was not in any way like the Tom Wilson thing, but it certainly, you know, didn't stop Wish from saying that it basically was like the whole Tom Wilson slash Buchnevich slash Panarin incident a couple of weeks back. And I'm like, I've got to stop following him. I've got to stop I following like Wish, him. but like he's got some weird fucking hangups, and he, I don't get it. He hates the Bruins. He's a Tom Wilson defender. These are the two bad things. I mean, it's like good hate the Bruins. I don't give a shit, but don't defend Tom Wilson. Don't. It's like uh, granted, Wish's favorite player growing up was Claude Claude, um, Claude Lemieux. So and and he and and he grew up watching the Scott Stevens era Devils, mm-hmm. <laughs> a team that the only interesting thing they would ever do is murder people because it was Scott fucking Stevens. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. You know, every time you talk about Scott Stevens, I almost want to. I just want to ask you, where did he hurt you? <laughs> Probably everywhere. I mean, like, <laughs> I. I I, I don't have that much beef personally with Scott Stevens. He's just the classic example of someone that hit hard and was celebrated. Like I've seen all these compilation videos that people are always were excited to show me back in the day of Scott Stevens hits when actually what it is is a horrifying, a horrifying um, uh, series of watching him, uh, watching him end Eric Lindros and Paul Correa's careers. Mm, okay. Paul Correa clip. I, Name I, Black Bear great. Yeah. I never like Scott Stevens. Probably the best collegiate hockey player of all time. Oh, that Paul Career Club's scary. Game six, two thousand three, Stanley Cup final. But like the worst thing about that compilation is like there were several times where he just destroyed Eric Lindros too. It's yeah. just like, what did he do to you, man? <laughs> okay, so basically, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Tuca has every right to defend himself here. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the refs are sure as hell weren't about going to jump in there for obvious goaltender interference. Yep, and and then basically, and then Tuca got up and he was just like, Mm-mm. like whatever the refs were saying to him, he's like, like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he basically was like, no, <laughs> you didn't listen to me when I told you that my skate blade came off a couple of years ago. And hey, that- you're lucky I didn't stab you with it, dude. <laughs> right. See, so that's the other thing that I don't get when people take. A- Here's a dude that literally threw a skate blade, just. On a whim, just threw it, no regard for anything. What thing's gonna happen when you take a run at him? Like, come on! I was gonna say Hathaway's lucky he didn't go blocker to the blocker to the Adam's apple, you know? Yeah, I mean, because like that's a kill shot. Um. Tuka, Tuka had restraint. Okay, 
get Hathaway skated away nonplussed, basically. Mm-hmm. But I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you guys, you know, you can't do anything else but do this. This is shitty. This is shitty behavior. And then last night, Mantha just basically barreled right into Tuka. Yep. Didn't even try to get out of the way. Didn't try to steer his course. Nobody was following him. No one was following him. We just looked at the clip again. Nobody was following him. He just barreled right into Tuca. And of course, where his arm is, is conveniently where, uh, you know, his elbow is, is conveniently where Tuca's head is. He justifiably got the goaltender interference there. But I really feel like, you know, if you're taking a run in a goalie like that, you really need to get more punishment than that. Now, did he, he did get a five thousand dollar fine? Yes, yes, he got he got a five thousand dollar fine. Now, what's more notable than that though is what uh, he didn't receive discipline from yesterday's game. Okay, yes. So why? Yes, while while the memory is fresh, why don't we we talk about that? Uh, who wants to describe that one? Orlov attempted to slam dunk on Kevin Miller's face. But you can't do that because this isn't basketball, and there's rules against charging in hockey. Right. See, I was going to go with try. Had there been ro- a top rope to jump from, that's where he would have been jumping from. Um, that one makes more sense. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, it, it was basically Randy Savage incarnate, flying elbow, just like bam. That was basically what it was. His, his skates were a good like six to nine inches off the fucking ground. <laughs> yes, Orlov hit. Kevin Miller, mid-ice, launched Late. off his... Puck was gone. Yep. Launched off his skates, went up, did not hit Kevin Miller's head, but that doesn't quite state what the intent was. Kevin Miller, basically, he he looked like he went limp from the hit. He was jarred by the hit because, I mean, the guy launched off his skates. Like, he was yeah. off the off the ice. We're not talking about a Johnny uh, Johnny Boychuk hit here. We're talking about this guy launched off his his states because he didn't have the wherewithal to uh, to do nice body contact or good body contact, I should say. So, so Kevin Miller went down and his head hit the ice, which is very scary. Struggled to stand up. <laughs> yeah. So Del Negro went out right away, checked on him. Uh, he was transported to the hospital. For all sorts of scans, and I think he is home now. Is that what I? He's home, yep. and apparently, according to Cassidy, feeling a bit better, but will not be playing in Game Five. Okay, not a surprise. Hope he gets better soon. I also kind of hope he finally just hangs him up after the season. Man, the guy's cursed. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, now, I do want to bring out a tangent uh, to this. Uh, I think it's important to mention this at, at somewhere in here, but let's just do it in the mess of whatever we're talking about. John Tavares, a couple of nights ago, when Kevin Miller was getting up off the ice, there were mentions of it, you know, it's not a similar at all situation other than both players went down on the ice and took a little bit of time to get up. John Tavares, uh, that situation was horrible. And I, I think the worst part about it is what was the trainer doing trying to get him off the ice like that. I, oh, it, I don't know. That looks so bad. So one thing I read suggested the trainer was trying to keep stabilize his head and neck and Tavares was struggling against him. 
Yeah. You, so part, that makes it not the not, not the trainer, although the trainer like in that supposed situation should definitely be be like coaxing him to stay down, stay still, stay, stay down, still, stay please, down, not stay. fighting him. I, I'll be honest with you, I just would have laid down on the guy and been like, stay down, you know, because laying down on somebody and keeping them still, and it, as long as you you can support his neck, I guess. Uh, but anyway, my point is, it's like okay, so let 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 me go back and describe what happened. John Tavares took a routine hit from. I forgot who it was. Uh, Corey Perry, which is... No, uh, no, no. It wasn't Corey no. Perry. It oh. was some other Habs player. I had written it Corey down. Corey Perry was the knee. Yeah. Corey Perry. Poor Corey Perry. I, and you, you'll never hear me say this ever again. But uh, basically, uh, he took a routine hit and he kind of like he stumbled and fell from it. Right. And then Corey Perry was skating up the ice into the zone and could not get out of the way. So Corey Perry's knee went right into Tavares's head. If you watch the post-game uh, press conference, Corey Perry looked stunned out of it and looked really remorseful. He did not want to do that. He didn't intend to do that at all. He felt terrible. Uh, Tavares was down in the ice. Uh, then he looked like he had a similar thing that happened with uh, Nathan Horton when he went down in the uh, 2011 final where like, um, you know, remember when his arm was up for a while? Cause yeah. that's like your basic, your, your, your brainstem stuff, just trying to work its way, you know, some basic uh, primitive movements. It looked to me like uh, Tavares was just like, his body was involuntarily moving, which is scary. So maybe, you know, I interpreted it, the thing wrong. Uh, I thought the trainer was trying to get him up, um, but it was like his body was trying to do something that he's not fully aware of. Uh, and when you're a big guy, uh, that's really hard. So basically, after that, Corey Perry was challenged to a fight by Nick Foligno. Perry did not even throw a punch. Well, you know, like I saw some people defending Felino's conduct there. And no, I'm sorry. Like no, you 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 fucking knew you 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 fucking knew that wasn't intentional. You could see that. You saw the same thing we did, Felina. What the fuck? Um, I saw somebody say that it was just get the emotional energy out so you guys can keep playing the game. I don't. So I'm conflicted. On one hand, I don't really like fighting in hockey. On the other hand, well, it's allowed. So oh, it's allowed with a five minute major. Um, Pseudo semi allowed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. None of the teams seem to be upset with it. They're like, they, they're like, okay, like, they knew it was going to happen. The, what I'm saying is, I think the fans, and we're allowed to have our opinion, are more upset with it than anyone who was actually involved in the game. So, I'm like, all right, I'm okay with it. Uh, I've learned recently that uh, you need to have your feelings processed and moved on you need to feel them and move on and i really do think that felina was like i gotta do this i gotta get this over and then the game went on from there it wasn't it wasn't too chippy it wasn't you know awful stuff the leafs they didn't win that game no. it, it, usually that kind of thing would give you the energy and the boost to, to win the game they did not uh which i was kind of happy about but it, you know it, it's one of those things where like the hit is horrible. I hope that John Tavares, who I've said harsh words about before, gets better. He is out indefinitely, uh, but I'm glad that he seems to be okay. Um, and, uh, you know, his his life and 
quality of life is much more important than the game. So good for him to be home and recuperating. But man, that whole thing was freaking scary. But anyway, Kevin Miller's thing yesterday, not as scary, but still the the dangers of hockey. And, and this was something that was caused by somebody, not an accidental thing. So Orloff was assessed. At first, he was assessed a major. Now, I went back to try to figure out what he was assessed a major for. I can't figure it out. I can't find out what he was assessed a major for. Because if it was for illegal contact in the head, like you said before, okay, that's uh, that's one thing. Or if it was charging. I thought that it should be charging. But apparently, they're not paying any attention to the, the fact that he did that. So it was, uh, they called it a major so it could be reviewed. They reviewed it and they, they brought it down to a double minor. Well, not only that, they, it was a double minor because one, it was, they called uh, it roughing for the hit and then roughing for uh, the, t- the, the, you know, the fight that the scrum that ensued afterward. If there was no scrum, it just wouldn't have been a two-minute minor. So ultimately, it just ended up being a, being a standard five-on-four because the matching roughings didn't actually uh, right. they, they they didn't they you know they set the two players away without actually subtracting subtracting bodies from the ice. It's just fucking embarrassing. Like if nothing, how do they call it roughing and not interference? At least puck was gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We know one thing: the roughing in this series is terrible. Especially last night, like, and this was, and again, I guess before the show, this goes both ways. There was a lot, a weird mix of blown calls and phantom calls, both directions. So it's hard to complain about the riffing, especially because Boston won. But at the same time, it's like this is not how you fucking run a game, guy. You run a game there, uh, zebras. Come on. Yeah, and, they, and it was from from the beginning, like that blown high stick at the very early in the first. Like um, well, I don't remember which Bruin on which cap it was, but it was painfully obvious. Ah, high stick, and it didn't get called. It's like, oh, it's going to be that kind of game. I said, okay. I also thought that a uh, that too many man penalty at the beginning was a little one of the weaker too many man penalties I've seen called. <laughs> like, yes, it was, but like, how many times does that get, does that play not get blown? <laughs> the unsportsmanlike conduct against Brandon Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> I st- I'm still trying to figure that one out. I think yeah. it's just because he he popped onto the ice after things because started. like when the goal happened, Clifton and he were in the middle of a change. Like the fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's Bruin score goal. Tom Wilson throws. Meanwhile, Dylan should have gotten a third man in penalty at that same time, and he didn't. Yep. Right? Oh yeah, Dylan <laughs> should have been penalized many times last night, and they just looked the other way. Just whatever. Uh, it's just it's it's annoying it's really annoying and especially annoying when you know i did not look at twitter so i don't know how much of uh how many people were out there saying that boston was getting the benefit of all the calls which is i didn't see any of it but from what i understand that was a thing although i will say i went into the uh, comment sections on uh both on the game recap on the capitals page on the athletic and on their sb nation page not a lot of Caps fans actually. I'm uh, saying any nasty things about the Bruins. They're shitting on their own team because of that was because that was a lackluster performance in every way except physicality for them. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I love, I absolutely love how Chris Wagner 
who I know you want to bench, but Chris Wagner has gotten Wagner into... Wagner and Corrali had a good game yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, did. I'm, I'm the, which is, and also, Carlo and Riley had had a rough game three and were great yesterday, too. So, like, all the players that needed to bounce back did really well. It's fantastic to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Chris Wagner got into Tom Wilson's head in this series. And it is so beautiful and stupid. And I love it. Get mad. Is you this, should get it, mad. You're Tom Wilson. How do you let someone into your head if you're Tom Wilson? Your entire point of being Tom Wilson is that you're yeah. in everybody's head. You don't need to be in anyone. You don't need anyone in yours. So, like, yes. he's just, like, he's, he's defeated his own purpose. I, I love it. I love it. Chris <laughs> Wagner, he's like, I want to beat your face in. And Chris Wagner's like, be mad. You should be mad. Just, yeah. Yeah. cry more <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wagner is like the common section anywhere where they're just like cry more and Nicholson <laughs> is basically crying more like <laughs> I just love it you know it's like Tom Wilson you can knock all the Bruins you want into their bench or into your bench into the into the uh, the between the glass place where uh, where uh, Brian Boucher is hermetically sealed you can do that all you want <laughs> <laughs> he is yeah, you have Brian Boucher like like yes he can't actually escape that box like when he goes from arena to arena they just bring the box yeah. <laughs> he's in a glass case of emotion you know what's yeah. really great about Brian Boucher doing this series I, I think especially in Boston is I think his family still lives in Rhode Island because his kids go to Mount St. Charles so uh, so he gets to be home with the fam because that's not that far away but anyway he, he is he's hermetically sealed <laughs> he can't have any interaction with anybody because he's just all sealed in um you know, they have like a little Proposal for future broadcasts. They make the, they make, they make the glass cage of emotion actually a dunk a dunk tank, and the and the guy between and the guy between the um uh, between the benches gets dunked for every goal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tom Wilson, you can do that shit all you want. But Chris Wagner is still just going to tell you to go get mad. <laughs> <laughs> The, the way I put it, it was during the last game, and I tweeted it, is, like, Tom Wilson's, ta- like, chatting, 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 and Chris Wagner doesn't look interested. It's like um the song that uh, that don't impress me much, that it's just like, yeah, what impress me much? <laughs> Basically, Chris Wagner to Tom Wilson. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like... You've got a guy who's like a top six forward who's getting very angry about a, a bottom six guy, a, a fourth liner. <laughs> I love very it. Very angry. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. Meanwhile, of course, you know half of the goals that have been scored by the Caps for score have been scored by the guys on their on their their fourth line. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, uh, Dowd and, and Hathaway each have two goals. Um, the rest of their scoring is two goals from Ovechkin, one from Wilson, and one from Oshie. And that is all. Ovi, oh, didn't Ovi have, like, a power play goal? So Both their power play goals. Oh, know. yeah. Okay, so that means that the lines that are going against his line are doing pretty well. Well, and if you watch it, like, you, 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 it's kind of funny watching Boston defending against the Caps penalty power play. Because their their power plays one note. It's get the puck to o, to Ovi in the Ovechkin spot. 
And then, you know, it's hard to defend. Bruins appear to have figured out how to do that. Yep. Yep. This leads me to a point I wanted to make. Um, I think the difference in this series has been coaching. Mm-hmm. Laviette has he hasn't changed anything. The game, no the, adjustment. The Capitals' power play has been crap, and he's just bringing out the same looks, the same lineup. The Bruins, after having a bad game one, which by the way, they played their worst game in like a month, and they oh, almost so bad, <laughs> and they still bring the game to OT. Uh, and they lost, but I'm like, ah, the Bruins are going to do fine this series. After the Austin, they game one, like... And then they turned around and played their... After having an excellent April, played their best game in, like, a year yeah. last night. <laughs> so, You know what? I'm not at all surprised that they dropped game one because I said mm-hmm. they would drop game one. Yes, you did. And I said, they'll come back and they'll win games two and three. I did not say they would win game four. So they are on a different tra- tra- yeah. tra- trajectory, and that's fine. That's good. I'm hey happy to be wrong. Happy to be mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, I mean, last night it was refreshing to not be in overtime. It was refreshing that they just were like, you know what, we're just gonna fucking win this, mm-hmm. and like just seeing Pasternak make a drive that basically was ultimately Marchand's goal. That was mm-hmm. great because Pasta has been so quiet, and then Pasta had a goal I mean, of his own, which was quiet's a funny word for it though. Because remember, he has 25 shots this series for All right. one goal. As, as, as I, as I, until he scored that, it had some seriously terrifying Tyler Sagan in 2013 vibes going on there. All right. So quiet isn't the word. Uh, snake bitten. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Snake bitten, which will make you quiet because <laughs> you'll be dead. Um, <laughs> um, snake bitten. Uh, so Pasta finally gets his goal, and then Jake DeBrusque gets that. It gets the puck down there. He takes that shot. It is high. It's wide, and then Coyle gets the rebound. Boom. Boom. Speaking of DeBrusque, he's been Good. great all mm-hmm. series. Yep. You know what? He's probably angry. It's when you see the post and pregame uh, Zoom things. He's not smiling. He has a different demeanor. It's like he's basically, I think he's just pissed off. It it wouldn't surprise me in some ways for him to be like, to try to demand his way out of town the way he looks right now. He's so right now. He's either, yeah, he's either trying to make it so that someone else will want him or trying to prove that Richie's the guy they need to jettison instead of him. Because that's what it's going to come down to if the, if the team, assuming the team, Resigns Hall, which I think in create this point is almost a foregone conclusion. Oh yeah, they've got to. He's got to retire Bruin. <laughs> I want him to resign. I have invited him to join my marriage, <laughs> as many other women have, and men, men probably too. Men have probably said, "Come, join our marriage." Um, is it just me, or is Taylor Hall a good-looking guy? Oh no, he's he's. He's not a good-looking guy. I don't. Not not for me. He's not okay. my type. I, I. It's his mouth does a, a dumb thing all too often. Yeah. Talk? No. I'm no, no. <laughs> no. 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 There's like something he's about he's got, a, he's got a resting derp face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah that's basically it. He has aspects, but I don't. He's not my look. He's on a team with Patrice Bergeron. This is true. And Craig Smith. 
He's, yeah, he's on the he's on the line with Craig Smith, who you know, apart from the jack o' lantern, is is a very handsome man. He's a handsome <laughs> man who has green eyes. It's it's a rarity. Uh, come on, we've got Crowley, we've got Carlo. Come on, there are so many, so many men on this I team. That... I mentioned this like a year ago. No, well, the in the play, uh, the the podcast from the uh, bubble uh, series. I was dating a girl, and she thinks the best-looking guy on the Bruins is uh, uh, McAvoy. He also she, has that – that he has too much of a baby face for me. He's she, got a puffy face. Yeah. I she, think that's um, her thing. I could definitely see him being yeah. – him drawn to certain people there. I think she's a year older than McAvoy, which might have something to do with it. Because, like, I said, well, what the, what the hell are you talking about? Bergeron, she's like, mm, he's kind of old. I'm like, oh. Oh, no. Anyway. No, you know what works for me with Bergeron? Okay, first of all, he's got a very ruggedly handsome face, right? He's got a smolder. He does have a smolder, and it's just all the... It's like the tall, dark, and handsome thing. You've heard of tall, dark, and handsome? That that is Patrice Bergeron. So it's like he's... Yeah, he's... Oh, and I've stood next to him. And I want... (laughs) He made me speechless. He made me speechless. Okay, I want whatever he's got. Put it in a bottle. That's what I want. Uh, but yeah, I mean, come on. Any guy who's on a team with Patrice Bergeron is always going to be second, uh, second best. Sorry, it's the truth. My my favorite thing about Patrice Bergeron being like good at hockey and also being like extremely attractive is that one um, that one Steve Dangle rant where he went nuts he was like saying he basically was like you play a sport of gladiators and you always look like a shampoo model and then he was like captain america was from quebec this whole time and we didn't even know (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing about patrice bergeron is he hypothetically if he wasn't also a fantastic human being could steal your girl girl steal your girlfriend and you would thank him for it Mm. Oh yeah, I was just about to to mention that he is a fantastic human being. Yeah, I don't think this has been said in a while, but let me bring it back. His charity work is fantastic. <laughs> His charity work, and he is a great player. So yeah. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now with what Chris Wagner's doing with like the whole getting in Tom Wilson's head. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic charity. I mean, work. honestly, like, that's spectacular. <laughs> taking one for the team because, like, I have like. Honestly, like, if you do you really want to take the? Not many players would take the risk of getting in Tom Wilson's head because that's how you get hot. That's how you get fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Chris Wagner's like, I don't give a fuck. Crime war. Also, it's like he murders me the entire town. The, 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 the entire town of Walpole just tear him limb from limb. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It, it'll be it'll be like that. Um, when they're carrying Spider, they'll carry Wagner out like when they were carrying Spider Man. Be like, careful, he's a hero. Like that's what they'll, that's what they'll do for Chris Wagner. But I also speaking of Tom Wilson, at one point last night, I saw a tweet, and it was I don't know when it happened during the game. The tweet, but Tom Wilson had been on the ice for five of Boston's eight five on five goals. <laughs> like. Like that's that's hilarious. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's a real two hundred foot player, huh? Uh, yeah, he's a minus three on the uh, on on the series. Um, the only other player that's like that is uh, Connor Sherry. So yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, so we all agree. Uh, you, you know what? You can have your own thoughts on Ty- Taylor Hall and his handsomeness and whatever. Everybody's got a type. That's fine. But I'm just saying, when you were like in the same room as as Patrice Bergeron, it's really hard not to pick Tr- Patrice Bergeron. You know what I mean? Just that's my lady's perspective. You know, uh, and uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, so let's talk about Tuca. How's Tukin doing? You know, awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 rolling a a nine thirty right now. Mm-hmm. All situation save percentage. Uh, so that's that's pretty fucking good. You know, only um uh, four goals against in three in four games. Yep. And that's on uh, one hundred twenty eight shots. Um. Uh, yeah, one hundred twenty eight shots. So. So like he hasn't been, with the exception of the last five minutes of game one. He really hasn't needed to be great or outstanding. And that's a compliment to the team in front of him. Well, it's as the Bruins are doing to the Caps what the Isles did to Boston every game prior to the deadline. Yeah. Just yeah. breaking up everything they try to do. Like last night, I think according to the stats for the like the takeaway, the, the ratio of takeaways, what was it? Uh, hang on, bring up the numbers now. Boston had 19 takeaways to the Caps four. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a uh, that's a big difference. And what the Caps only had like what seventeen on goal yesterday? Twenty, I thought. Was it twenty? I for 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 whatever reason, I thought it was seventeen. It was twenty. Yeah, to um uh, to Boston's thirty-seven shots on goal. Whew. Like credit to Simsonov. It took him a few goalies to figure it out, but he's like apart from that boneheaded move in double OT, has been stellar because the last two yeah. games. The cap should have been absolutely buried. Oh yeah, if it wasn't for that gaff, and I really don't know if it, the game three gaff. I don't know if it was his fault, the defenseman's fault. Was that Dylan? Uh, um, Schultz. 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 Yeah, I I don't know whose fault it was. Maybe both. I actually think it was Samsonov's fault more. Well, he just he took his pressure coming time in from the and left. didn't communicate with his with his defenseman by the look of it. Yeah. yeah, it was then, yeah, it was weird, and then because he and Smith just happened to be positioned to change his entire plan in the yeah. right. Yeah, he didn't expect Craig Smith to come out of nowhere, and credit to Craig Smith for staying on side too, because like that was split second going in as the other two Bruins were coming out of the zone, and it was it was a beautiful play on his part. Yeah, yeah and he had a. Steal the puck, get back around, shoot it on a bad angle. Like, golden opportunity, but you still got to bury it. Um, but if it wasn't for that snafu in Game 3, Game 3 is still probably happening as we record this podcast. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Game 3, the way it ended was always how it was going to end. Whether it was in the second overtime or, like, the fifth or sixth overtime, it was going to be a weird, random... Fucky snafu type playoff of. playoff OT goals are always like weird bullshit, right? That's true too. And it's because no one's got the energy left to keep this up. The goalies are locked in, so it's always weird. A weird deflection or like a goalie catches an edge, or in this case, the goalie just like decides to go for a fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because even the one that the Bruins lost, um, Tuka in the chest. 
and then took the weirdest bounce of bounces and went between well, his legs. Every single Caps goal has been a weird bounce. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like they've all been like like even the one yesterday, like Ovi's stick broke, and then it it deflected weird off of Carlo. Yeah, it's true too. Like the Caps have like. Credit to them, though. That's basically what they've tried, just get bodies in front of Tuca. That's one thing they've done really well, is get bodies in front of Tuca and just deflect pucks in. Which is why yesterday's game went so much, was so good for Boston. It's just like, okay, well, if they're going to do that, we're just going to show you never get any fucking shots off. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, the Bruins, especially uh, last night, even without the stick, blocking shots, just going all out. Clifton, um, one, there was a power play, I think it was, or uh, he was on the PK, and he lost his stick, and he blocked two shots after losing his stick. Like, Clifton has been phenomenal since um, uh, since Lausanne's injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cliffy's um, been 2019 playoff Cliffy. Yeah, it's like, I, like I'm watching this, and it's like, well, I think we may have an answer about who we're going to lose in expansion now. Yeah. What? And I think it's going to be Connor Clifton. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's assuming, and I mean, maybe I'm giving a little too much, too much assumption that, you know, that Seattle folks will let re, will let recency bias intervene too much. But like, I think that's probably the best bet for them. Especially on it's this right shot defenseman. How many decent right shot defensemen are going to be available? Not a lot. Especially uh, on that contract. What is it? A million dollars? A year or something like that. And he's, what, two more seasons on it, I think? Yeah, so, I mean, that's... That was a good time for the Bruins. Yeah. And, like, then, of course, we got McAvoy. It's a little early to say anything because it's still the first round and they haven't won it yet, but, like, if he keeps this up and they may go... And they go, and they go for a run, like, this is... Com Smythe conversation caliber play from McAvoy so far. Oh, yeah, McAvoy's playing Unreal, and he was, he's playing, like, you know... All the minutes, basically. He's just playing a ton of minutes, and he's showing why they drafted him. He is there. He's a, he's a true, definitive top number one defenseman. I hate to say it with Miller out, he's going to be playing even more minutes because he's. Yeah. Well, that's just said. With Miller and Lausanne out, that penalty, the, the, that's a lot of penalty kill minutes. Yeah. It is, but it's, excuse me, it's really great that. Uh, that McAvoy and Carlo, one of them plays the offside. I think it's McAvoy plays the offside. Uh, they're a good shutdown pair too. Um, so yeah. that's what you and want. Clifton did well on the PK as well. So, I mean, I mean, basically you can, you can rock Carlo out there for two minutes. He's done that before, you know? True. Um, so you just put somebody else in on his other side. Don't it's disrupt looking, him. And apparently, according to Cassidy, it's either Tenorti or um, uh, Urho. Tomorrow, it's not going to be Urho. No, no. no. I, I'm okay with putting Tenorti in there. We need somebody who's got a little uh, oomph. Beef. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of beef, why is uh, why is everybody going after Beef Boy? Nick Ritchie? Yeah. Because he's... they. People are going after him? It's like prison. You go after the biggest guy first day to prove that you're tough. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, Dylan... yeah. I thought you meant like fans. I'm like, he's done nothing wrong. What no, 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 no. Why is everybody on Washington like Dylan and like, I don't know, Hathaway and all these people going after him? 
He's a big target. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Is it because they they think that he is weak enough to to get the to give them a penalty? Um, that too. I mean, they like, probably they maybe they they watch tape from last year's playoffs and it's like we can go this guy into doing something stupid, but like he's been pretty good about that all season. <laughs> he took one dumb penalty in game two or three. Other than that. I mean, I'm over uh, Nick Ritchie right now, which is crazy because I had all the complaints for Nick Ritchie last year. But, I mean, his his turnaround has been phenomenal. He won the seventh player, and did you see him holding aloft that, that, that trophy? <laughs> he looked so happy. He looked just like a little kid. It was great. So he's very happy to win that, that seventh player award. And it was deserved, and that's good. Is it? How Ovechkin's shitty captain? Ah, uh, well, yeah, I don't think that he's a good captain. All right, We're, move on. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you I, know, uh, I'm I just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't really like Ovi. Like lots of people li- love and respect. Ovi's Ovi. an awful captain. Did you see he, how he like tore Sam Simpson off a new one yeah. after at the end of Game Three? Oh um, yeah, and I'm just imagining. Apparently, from what I heard, though, that's a typical Russian thing to do. Like saying "don't, don't go to sleep, bitch," it was, which is what he said in Russian. Is kind of what you say. Well, I jokingly said he shouldn't be walking near any open windows anytime soon. I guess that there's some truth to that. <laughs> huh? Clock. He shouldn't be walk. He shouldn't walk by any open windows anytime soon. Get the old defenestrate and. Uh, Oh, goodbye. oh, 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 the Russian goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the Russian little little hip check out the window. Oh, I thought the Russian goodbye was when you got two totally inept people to travel from Russia to where you want to kill someone. And they, they leave the Novichok re- uh, residue everywhere, you know, and uh, leave the bottle that they had squirted or put it into like the perfume bottle that they left it. Uh, they left that in the hotel as well and failed to kill the people they wanted to kill. I thought that was the Russian goodbye. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking about politics. Oh no. Oh, my mistake. I, I, I don't think that Ovi is like a, a great captain. Just like, I, I think like, He's one of the examples of the kind of people where it's like, well, yes, he's super, super talented. You know, he's very talented at one thing, scoring goals. And because of that, he is allowed to not play defensively for the most part. And I don't like his, he takes headshots. I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people enjoyed Ovi's um, celebration with the cup. And like his whole shenanigans and just being drunk for a few months, like, kind of funny and stuff like that. But like, Ovi the player is kind of a dick, and so like, yeah, I, I just so, don't. There, there are lots of players who are dicks on the ice. I get it. I get it. Three of the sort of four to five players that ever get in the conversation of best currently playing left wing are in this um, uh, this series, of course. Um, two of them back check mer- enthusiastically and hard, and the other one's Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really supp- I'm really impressed with Taylor Hall's defensive game. Yeah, 
Like, like. Uh, he did not have he'll that. Chase the puck all the way back to the to his own goal line. Like, 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 like just holy shit. The other thing is, um, we've been seeing it all season, but this series, the uh, Craig Smith with the second, third, fourth, ninth effort. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a player with less quit than Craig Smith. Holy shit. <laughs> he wants to win. He wants to win. That's that's a big motivator. He, In, I think he's pretty happy here. I think so too. I I still go back to to coaching the decision to put of Brusque back on the third line. It's working. Adjustments to the power play, both in personnel and in what's the word? Just the way you run it. Like it's working. Oh yeah, the that idea they, of putting all right shots yeah. on the first unit. Like yeah. that, that seems to have definitely worked. Yeah. They have adjusted their game plan depending on the goalie they're facing. Like it's, and Lafayette well, I mean, just does the exact same thing every game. Predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, I think that's something that that Casty is really good at is making adjustments. Mm-hmm. And like, well, we laugh about the line blender and stuff like that that he goes into sometimes but like he he he's not afraid to make adjustments and he make and he make, a lot of the adjustments he makes are the right ones like he's been now, the perfect coach for this group now of course we should own it like um uh, several of us had questions about coaching systems earlier this season but yep. clearly like more so than it really seemed at the time it was personnel mm-hmm i'm shocked to be honest like because the team seemed like such a mess Yep. everywhere except the top line yep look it's good to question things it's good to question everything yeah and the truth sometimes outs itself and sometimes it doesn't although i do have to ask you do, do you think there's anything to this whole pendolfo going down to the rangers thing i mean i think that was a, jo- a joke someone was making just on the grounds that like chris jerry seems to be like you know scrambling to hire all sorts of um uh, eu players from the year he was there, but really it just means he hired Mike Greer. Hey, good hire. <laughs> good hire. That's good. I like it. He's like a senior advisor or something uh, to the, the president. Anyway, look, I, I question everything because uh, you can only lay so much blame on the players. You have to look at what the coaches are doing and stuff and, and trying to figure out who does what is is kind of hard in this, this system at times. I'll just say this one thing. I I know we make fun a little bit of the, the blender lines that he does. Like, you know, he, Cassidy, he sees something working and thank God he's a Gemini who thinks very quickly and is like, let's try something else. I know that Jeff doesn't like that, bringing Zodiac things in there, but he's a talky guy who really likes to, to uh, Geminis are known for their quick wit uh, and they, they, they will change things if it's not working, which God love them. I wish I could be like that. So good for good for Cassidy figuring these things out quickly. Sometimes on the fly, sometimes waiting a little bit longer. I think he's been a little more patient these playoffs than. But uh, then then again, the team's just responding because maybe it's like not even a message anymore. Maybe it's just like we just want to win, so we're going to do it. You know, again, the, the whole a lot of writers have talked about it. I mean, that de- trade deadline is Sweeney giving the team a vote of confidence, and mm-hmm. they responded to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I heard, I saw people writing about that before the deadline, and I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But like, no, okay, this is, this checks out. <laughs> and yeah, they they've definitely responded to that, and I think I mean this is obviously the best deadline that Sweeney's ever had, with how well the acquisitions have played after the fact and how well they all just seem to fit together they're like i mean it's not that, about I think it them. undersells the 2019 deadline a bit tim but that did take a while before it did what it was supposed to do that that's that's fair because coil and uh, Mojo. uh jojo there yeah they they were both really good but i just just the way these guys fit i don't know it just Everyone seems to fit so well, and like at the deadline, it's definitely it's not always about getting the best player; it's about getting the right players. And the Bruins, I think, definitely did this time with Hall and Riley and Lazar. I think they've all been just really played really well. The elevation that the this trade deadline gave the team, I think, was more than what the 2019 deadline was. But the 2019 deadline made the Bruins have the best third line, which was their secret we- weapon on that cup run. Oh yeah, like in 2019 they, they 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 plugged some holes, but not the holes they necessarily meant to because they didn't plug that that second line right wing at the time. That's true. Whereas this one didn't just plug holes; it fixed a lot of struggling players in the mm-hmm. process. Who knew Anders Bjork was such a problem? <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, getting Taylor Hall for a second and Anders Bjork is just wow. Hey, hey, I won't stand for this Curtis Lazaro ratio there, Tim. (laughs) That's true, too. Oh, yeah. Like, like, Lazaro was also in the trade. It's like, this is. I know, we gained two players and we lost Anders Bjork in what? How many draft picks? Just one. one. A second rounder. Yeah. The only other pick that went out was the third for Riley, which like Riley hasn't been as good as he was in in in, in Ottawa, but he didn't need to be. Yeah, you know what? Um, we got a little too excited about Riley, and again, I'm I'm glad to be wrong. He's, on... he's going to be a pure rental, and we see that now. I think it's it's it, fine. It's fine. It it's okay. Um, it was a very cheap rental, so. Uh, just not, keep just keep Taylor Hall. That's 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 what you got to do. And Lazar has an uh, has a full season more to go, so that's fine. Yeah, I was wrong about Ty- Taylor Hall. I was wrong about him. I thought he was going to be a character problem and whatever. No, he's not Matt Duchesne, so this is good. He is just no, coming in all. and he is just like uh, he is just pumped to be here. And, and I I have to I have to believe that he really did want to be here all along since 2010. Yeah. This is this is a long time coming for him, and like he loves, he seems to love the other players on the team. He he, he loves he, he talks really highly of Craig Smith, Brad Marchand, and him have a budding romance bromance going. So I like, mean, like yeah. the, uh, what was that game two after his uh, after the winning goal? Brad rushes to the bench and jumps into into Hall's arms, <laughs> and his response is like, oh, "I've been lifting." I've been lifting more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Hall was at the end of the bench. Yeah, he he was he was he was the arms that were available, but still. (laughs) But still, yes, it was also 
I think it was Maria, maybe. She put um tweeted a video of that goal and Martian jumping in to Hall's arms with the Titanic music in the background. It was perfect. <laughs> It was hilarious and perfect and awesome. You know that Marcy's ride or die is still Patrice. Of course. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Taylor Hall's just happy to be here. and It, it shows. And my my phone lock screen is that wallpaper that they make. It says just Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. Yeah. It has a picture of Taylor <laughs> excuse me apparently he lives down by the garden so there's a whole bunch of new like loft apartments and stuff like that down there so that's not too surprising uh a lot of the you know back in 2011 a lot of the guys used to live in the north end you know and then as people started having families and stuff like that they they moved out you know so i have no idea where patrice lives but i don't think it's there he lives like in a housey house you know um housey house well, I mean, it, it's a house as opposed to like a condo or something, right? Um, I know that uh, a lot of the, the, the kids, a lot of the younger guys live in the seaport, like uh, Coyle and McAvoy and uh, I don't know. I know that Achari used to live in the seaport too. Uh, um, but anyway, I think it's, I think he's, I think he's digging it. It's what I'm trying to say. Taylor Hall is digging it. He's not living in a hotel. He's living in an actual place. I feel like that gives him maybe a little more permanence in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. at least it's a long-term rental, right? So. Which is interesting because usually like rental players either live in the hotel or in team-owned apartments. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be a long, it could be a team-owned apartment. I don't know. I don't know if the team would own an apartment down in that expensive area of, uh, Boston, because Causeway's... Considering most of the guys that get put up there are probably call-ups. <laughs> oh, and, and the team-owned things? Well, I mean, where else are the guys that, have, yeah. that, that live in Providence going to stay if they're called up for like two weeks, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, they have a, their own little uh, uh, um, hotel thing. So, all right. So, one last thing I want to talk about is uh, the Bruins taking so many penalties. Mm. Especially oh. Brad in the first three games. The stick thing. You know, Brad was doing a little bit of the old Brad stuff, um, which I was hoping had gone away with the presence of the A. And, like, it worked for it worked once or twice because like, there was that one that he managed to get. Mantha somehow ended up with the matching for it in game two. But then he did it again in game three and the refs weren't having it. <laughs> you can get away with stuff only so often. But I just felt yep. like, you know, Brad, I thought you had elevated your game a little bit. You should chirp. You should get in their heads. You're good at that, too. You don't have to do the antics all the time, right? Am I wrong? Right. Uh, no, Justin, Justin, just ask Justin Williams. Uh, Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Keith ended Justin Williams' career. I know. I I stand by that statement that he made Justin Williams want to retire. That was it. He had had enough. 
Getting clowned by him two years in a row was just too much for Justin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I took a half year off and I'm st- I still can't deal with this shit. It's like, I thought I could deal with these things. I played with Dustin Brown for fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he who can count to potato? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about derby looking faces. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> He's never going to live that photo down. Oh my god! I mean, it, it's just got all the elements there. Water bottle pointing the wrong way, that mouth full of uh, or lacking a lot of teeth, <laughs> the derpy look, you know. Oh my god! Uh, you know? Uh, but I think with Martian taking penalties though, too. Um, didn't he say in, in an interview after game three, maybe, that he kind of got off his game a little bit and that, like, Bergeron talked to him, kind of, like, calmed him down or something like that, or someone did? I feel like I saw that where he said that, like, yeah, he kind of got out of rhythm and off his game a little bit, but um, someone kind of, like, spoke to him and kind of after that. It's not someone, it's Bergy. He is not only the captain, but he is Brad's ride or die. They're best friends forever. True. You know, this is this is the guy he goes to seek knowledge about his game. It's true. It's gotta be that's who it is. And honestly, I wish Patrice Bergeron would come and talk to me about like aspects of my game that I can improve. Yeah, same here. I, I would very honestly. quietly listen. I would because he has rendered me speechless before. So <laughs> I, I feel like yeah, a lot of I think a lot of was made um, in beginning of the year. I saw some fans um, saying that maybe with the team playing poorly and stuff like that, that uh, the players leadership group and things like that. But I mean, I think Bergeron is kind of the epitome of kind of what a leader is he he'll talk to players when you need to and he just plays hard and he plays the right way he doesn't do stupid shit and like if you're and and there was a one point where um a, something happened where a a Bruins player was hit and Bergeron like spoke to that player the next being the next game or something like that on the ice. Like if Patrice Bergeron is on the other side of the, is on the opposition and he comes to scold you, I feel like the, you're going to be like, Oh shit. Like that's Patrice Bergeron scolding me right now type thing. So like, I think that he's kind of the perfect leader for the group. And I think that, I mean, he was the obvious choice to get the seed, but I think his qualities really lend itself to the other players on the team. I wish Patrice Bergeron would come scold me. <laughs> okay, this is going to go... No, I'm not going to go along this path anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the Bruins leadership group at all. It's mostly the same one, just less Chara, right? Um, and, right. and that's fine. Chara made his decision, or actually, okay, the Bruins made the decision for him. I actually watched something the other night. Um, it's on Peacock. Is Z made for this? Last year they it, they op- uh, they showed a couple of installments about it, but they they have since um, done more. 
Uh, so basically, they showed Z after the playoffs when uh, he was relaxing with his family during the summer. Uh, his kids actually went back to Slovakia for the summer. So he was without them for the whole summer, basically, because he had to stay here. Um, and he was happy when they came back. And then he, they showed him uh, talking to Donnie on the phone and stuff, because I think uh, he was he was down in Florida at this point because, you know, that's where he stays. Uh, sometimes they have a home down there. And, uh, you know, um, he said, you know, basically he, he got out of the, the conversation. And he was just like, well, they told me that they do uh, want to go younger and that there's not really um, a space for me to play. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm I'm upset about it. I... Uh, I have a lot of feelings I have to work through uh, on that uh, because basically he found, you know, his kids were back at that point. The kids were in school. He was up in Boston at that point. I'm glad to have seen the human part of uh, of, of Zidane Chara going like not just saying, hey, this is a business uh, decision and I understand it, but just doing the whole like, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 going through a lot of feelings about this right now. Uh, and his wife was like, yeah, obviously, you know, he, he had a lot of feelings about it. Uh, and at that point he considered retirement. Uh, he talked to his kids because he was just like, oh, I, you know, I could have more time with my kids and that would be great. And he talked to his eldest daughter who was like, yeah, dad, it would be really great if you just stayed home. And he was just like, I still, I just have that desire. I just, I want to go. I want to play more. Uh, so it sounds like this might be Z's last year. Yeah. Judging from what I saw. Now, that could be all editing. I don't know. But he was just like, yeah, I think I, I want one more year. I want, I want to go try this. So that's why he signed with just a one-year deal with the Washington Capitals. He won more shot at the at the cup, basically. So wanted to stay, like, relatively close to home. So he was always going to stay on in the East, where he could at least come back home. You know, obviously, he took so little money. And, you know, what his daughter said did really affect him, but his drive to play was just that much stronger. So seeing that actually made me feel a little bit better because I'm still angry about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm angry how it was handled as well. It's nice that you... I'm, maybe I'm going to take a look at it. You said it was on Peacock? Yep, yep. Z made for this, so... Okay. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. He... It's sad that it ended the way it did, and I mean, it looks like the Bruins, knock on wood here, his land are going to um, knock him out here of the playoffs, and I will say, seeing that one picture of the Bruins celebrating one of their overtime goals, and like Z skating by, and it was just like them, Bruins celebrating with just Z on the ice there, was like... It, it it brought up a lot of feelings for me anyway. I was like, oh man, that one. Do you know what? This is going to be. Tim, you are a nicer, more yeah, Tim, you sensitive are. person than I. Because do you know what I did when I saw that picture on Twitter? What? Um, I flipped off my camera and said, sucks to be you! And then went about my day. <laughs> I uh, used that as the cover picture for my write up. <laughs> that that states all you need to know about how I feel about that. 
I feel for Z, the person, for everything that that transpired. And I I do think the Bruins did him wrong in a respect because he went out with no fanfare whatsoever. And and I know COVID and all that shit, but still, I don't like that. He made the choice to go to the Capitals. It's true. Would I feel the same way if he went to the Flyers? Probably not. The Flyers, I thought, were going to be really entertaining this year, and they were. Uh, for the most part, in a different way than I expected. Not in the way anyone <laughs> thought they would be. No, nope. uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, nope. but I just really hate the Caps, and I'm so, you know, that's it. And their fans, I just I don't like their fans either. So, oh man, I I think before this series, I kind of disliked the Capitals, and I didn't really care for their fans. But now, like the series, it, it seems to always happen when you have a playoff series with with a team. I hate them so bad. And the whole whenever you bring up like like you're mad about a hit, they're like you employ your team employs Brad Marchand. Well, Tom Wilson, like holy shit. Pop meat kettle. Like what are you saying? So like yeah, I I I hate their fans a lot and I hate the team an awful lot. I especially like as soon as they went down three nothing last night, Tom Wilson starts throwing tantrums, and, like, they start gooning it up, and I can't stand that. Like, you lost. Like, suck it up. You don't have to go, like, with the last five minutes of that game, I didn't want any of the top Bruins players to play, because I was afraid they were just going to get, like, cheap-shotted somewhere, because, like, that's kind of what the Caps do. When they lose, they just goon it up. Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, when you're um, defending uh, against an empty net, you you have to do things a little bit differently. Um, yeah, I mean, just be mad, bro. Just just be mad. Just get mad. <laughs> you know, um, it's just the perfect perfect way to sum it up. All right, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night, guys? Tomorrow night is Game Five at seven p.m. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm stepping on on Jeff's uh, territory here, but. I will let Jeff go through his uh, schedule thing, including the possibles that could happen uh, in a little bit. Are are the Bruins going to win this on Capitals ice or is it going to go to a game six? That's what I'm asking. I, I called five games at the outset and I stand by it. I was wrong about which five games, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm not going to hold you to. I mean, that was just extra credit, you know. <laughs> Uh, I had said six games to start the series, and I'm not sticking with it. I think, I I I think, I, I think it's one's win tomorrow, just because I feel like the way the Capitals lost yes last night, I just feel like they're kind of. They're I done. Just feel like, yeah, it was kind of soul crushing. It was like one of those soul crushing. Like, yeah, we're not gonna win this. Like, this they're is they're done, and Boston's rolling. Yeah, that's how I feel. I just feel like it's kind of like, um, uh, it's just one of those things where there's just they just gotta work out the details. What's the game? What's the score gonna be? Like type thing. Nick. Um. I'm going to stick with my decision, even though like winning four games in a row is tough. And it, 
wouldn't all surprise me if they dropped this one like six to five or something like that. But no, I'll I'll stick with my um my decision. But they better you know, batten down the hatches. It's gonna it's gonna be a battle. This one's gonna be the the score with like a crazy crazy high amount of goals. I scored. mean, if if Boston gets a lead, the Caps are gonna be out there trying to hospitalize everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's the game they play. Yep. I think it's going to go to the sixth game. I don't want it to. I, I think that uh, I think uh, Washington's going to bite back tomorrow. I hope I'm wrong. You know what? This let's yeah. That's the caveat. I hope I'm wrong. But basically, I, I don't know. I I like Nick said. Boston's been better in each successive game, though, right? Like they like have noticeably. Game over game, so... <laughs> oh, no. I want them to win tomorrow. I want them to win, but my, my gut oh, is I know. still... My gut is still saying six games, and I don't like that, but I'm going with my gut on this. So, um, I I hope it's done tomorrow. I just wrap it up. Put a bow on it. Let's move on to something else. I want the Bruins to be the first team to move on. Okay? I want, the, I want them to have a couple days for... Miller to hope to maybe get better before they have to face presumably the pens. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I, I want to happen. Okay. So, so I, I, you know, um, I still think it's going to six. I don't want it to go to six, wrap it up tomorrow night, guys. I'll be super happy. All right. So with that, Jeff, why don't you tell us what is and what could happen with the schedule this week? Okay. Well, we know for sure they're playing Capitals tomorrow night. That is um, uh, Sunday, May 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern time in Washington. And uh, depending on the outcome of that, there could be a game six on the 25th. Time to be determined mm-hmm. in Boston. And a game seven on Thursday, 27th. Time to be determined in Washington. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, right. I, I, I do hope they wrap up the series because um, I have a I have a date on the game seven night. So, <laughs> really is it a, is it, is it a date worth keeping play. if there's a game seven or what? Yeah, I'm like, uh, so if it goes to a game seven, it's my fault. Do you have a place picked out where you guys can go and watch the game? <laughs> um, I. Mm, yes, there, there's TVs at this place. So. Okay, that's good. You know, because it might make the date go the wrong way though. If you're watching, trying to watch the game, or uh... you no, know, she's a Jets fan, so of Winnipeg. Jets. Oh, um, w- w- what? What was that? Oh, yeah, she's a. She, her fandom of the Jets is equal to my fandom of the Bruins. She's see, so. So she just. Is she into like like BDSM? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, it's my goal to find out. Um, hey, look, I'm not gonna let you put BDSM down like that because there, there there's some wonderful stuff that happens out of that. But my but point like my is, point is, is like she clearly likes some sort of punishment. Is she a masochist? Um, is she a masochist? I probably. I, I mean, I I would say I would say something, but I cheered for the Buccaneers until this year was until they managed to have a forty-five-year-old all-time 
um, uh, quarterback fall in their lap. Yes, and uh, you know. Yeah, like it, it was, just the gorilla came out of retirement just to join the party. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. sloppy seconds was... that you got going there, I got it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Nick, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think it's going to work out because she's a Jets fan. She does not have any respect for herself. A New uh-huh. York Jets fan. They, like, 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 seriously, like, like, like somehow, and like, like, you, you know, got like, multiple North, North, Northern New Jersey football teams to choose from, and you settled on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You can just say it. Okay, Nick, I'm going to give you permission to say this once. Oh, that's just V8. She's a bitch. <laughs> I mean, she's better off. Yeah, all right. I am better off cheering for Rutgers University football. Uh, that would be the, the New England Patriots, because all of <laughs> Rutgers is in the backfield of the New England Patriots. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sorry, Nick. I don't mean that. Seriously, I hope it works out. But, oh, man, that is tough. <laughs> yeah, it, She's just anyway, I'll, next podcast, I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, that's going to be so exciting. I can't wait. I'm already excited for the next podcast. We don't know when we're recording it because nope. it will all depend upon what happens. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's okay. That's not for us to know right now. All right, so we've got our schedules. So I guess we should just wrap everything up because we've hit on everything. We did not give any detailed description of what happened in any of the games except for yeah. some things. We talked about our feelings about the games a lot. We talked a lot about about uh, about Patrice Bergeron and getting mad. I mean, I don't think that many people come to our podcast for like um, uh, nuanced uh, um, play breakdowns. Yeah, and I love us, but that's 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 not that's not what our audience is here for. <laughs> no, no, they come here to hear how wrong we can be. Um, to and how quickly we can be wrong <laughs> to feel like you know they are part of a conversation like oh these are my pals that I'm hanging out with and they're really discussing this at length and I'm just going to sit here and listen and maybe yell hopefully they'll hear me you know I suggested the Bruins trade Krejci to the Hurricanes I did too it's <laughs> my fault yeah yeah. well we thought yeah. that Donnie wasn't going to pull it off come on mm-hmm. You know, who knew that Taylor's Hall, that Taylor Hall was going to be gotten for like a bag of pucks and Anders Bjork. That that fish jumped right in the fucking boat. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, I am here. I'm not even allowing them to trade me anywhere else but to Boston. So come on, let's make it happen. And oh, by the way, they, they, uh, Sabres kept half the salary. (laughs) <laughs> like the hell of it i don't get it yep yep so it's like hey look we were wrong we're glad to be wrong see see that's that's what we should be we're happy yep. to be wrong we're glad to be wrong it, like even jeff is happy to be wrong and it took him six years to be there <laughs> that's false that's false that was the main thing take home from my phd was that you know what eventually everything i say is going to be wrong and i'm okay with that oh okay <laughs> Well, you've been putting up a masterful front. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy here who said Ryan Spooner was going to score 30 goals one day. So he scored 30 goals his entire time in the NHL. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Optimism. It's a, it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap it up. Okay. So listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can talk to us on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic, and on Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's our individual Twitter accounts. I am, for one, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. I'm at Nick Baggio. And I am at Be Mad Bro. You should just be mad, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as FBA from RI. Word.